What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Cigarette without reproof. He was, for the moment, sharing the high, thin air of Babbitt's speculation as though he were a Paul Reisling or even Dr. Howard Littlefield, he hinted. Well, what do you think, then, Dad? Wouldn't it be a good idea if I could go off to China or some peppy place and study engineering or something by mail? No, and I'll tell you why, son. I've found out it's a mighty nice thing to be able to say you're a B.A., some client that doesn't know what you are and thinks you're just a plug businessman. He gets to shooting off his mouth about economics or literature or foreign trade conditions, and you just ease in something like, When I was in college, of course I got my B.A. in sociology and all that junk. Oh, it puts an awful crimp in their style. But there wouldn't be any class to saying, I got the degree of sticker liquor from Benzes Mail Order University, you see? My dad was a pretty good old coot, but he never had much style to him, and I had to work darn hard to earn my way through college. Well, it's been worth it to be able to associate with the finest gentlemen in Zenith at the clubs and so on. And I wouldn't want you to drop out of the gentleman class, the class that are just as red-blooded as common people but still have power and personality. It would kind of hurt me if you did that, old man. I know, Dan. Sure. All right. I'll stick to it. Say, gosh, gee whiz. I forgot all about those kids I was going to take to the chorus rehearsal. I'll have to duck. But you haven't done your homework. Do it first thing in the morning. Well, six times in the past sixty days, Babbitt had stormed. You will not do it first thing in the morning. You'll do it right now. But tonight he said, Well, better hustle. His smile was the rare shy radiance he kept for Paul Risling. 4. Ted's a good boy, he said to Miss Babbitt. Oh, he is. Who are these girls he's going to pick up? Are they nice, decent girls? I don't know. Oh, dear. Ted never tells me anything any more. I don't understand what's come over the children of this generation. I used to have to tell Papa and Mama everything. It seems like the children today have just slipped away from all control. I hope they're decent girls. Of course, Ted's no longer a kid, and I wouldn't want him to uh, get mixed up in everything. George, I wonder if you had not to take him aside and tell him about things. She blushed and lowered her eyes. Well, I don't know. way I figured, Myra, no sense suggesting a lot of things to a boy's mind. Think up enough devilment by himself, but I wonder. It's kind of a hard question. Wonder what Littlefield thinks about it. Of course, Papa agrees with you. He says all this instruction is, he says, tisn't decent. Oh, he does, does he? Well, let me tell you that whatever Henry T. Thompson thinks about morals, I mean, though, of course, you can't beat the old duffer. Why, what a way to talk of Papa simply can't beat him at getting in on the ground floor of a deal. But let me tell you, whenever he springs any ideas about higher things and education, then I know I think just the opposite. You may not regard me as any great brain shark, but believe me, 
I'm a regular college president compared to Henry T. Yes, sir, by golly. I'm going to take Ted aside and tell him why I lead a strictly moral life. Oh, will you? When? 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 What's the use of trying to pin me down to when and why and where and how and when? That's the trouble with women. That's why they don't make a high-class executive. They haven't any sense of diplomacy. When the proper opportunity and occasion arises, so it just comes in natural, why, then I'll have a friendly little talk with him and— Was that Tinka hollering upstairs? She ought to be asleep long ago. He prowled through the living room and stood in the sun parlor, that glass-walled room of wicker chairs and swinging couch in which they loafed on Sunday afternoons outside only the light of doppelbrau's house and the dim present of babbitt's favorite elm broke the softness of april night good business with the boy getting over feeling cranky the way i did this morning and restless though by golly i will have a few days alone with paul in maine and that devil zilla but ted's all right whole family's all right and good business not many fellows make four hundred and fifty bucks practically half of a thousand dollars easy as i did to-day maybe when we all get to rowin' it's just as much my fault as it is theirs oughtn't to get grouchy like a do but wish i'd been a pioneer same as my granddad then wouldn't have a house like this oh gosh i don't know he thought moodily of paul risling of their youth together of the girls they had known when Babbitt had graduated from the State University twenty-four years ago, he had intended to be a lawyer. He had been a ponderous debater in college. He felt that he was an orator. He saw himself becoming governor of the state. While he read law, he worked as a real estate salesman. He saved money, lived in a boarding-house, supped on poached egg and hash. The lively Paul Riesling, who was going off to Europe to study violin next month or next year, was his refuge till Paul was bespelled by Zilla Colbeck, who laughed and danced and drew men after her plump and gaily wagging finger. Babbitt's evenings were barren then, and he found comfort only in Paul's second cousin, Ira Thompson, a sleek and gentle girl who showed her capacity by agreeing with the ardent young Babbitt that of course he was going to be governor some day, where Zilla mocked him as a country boy. Myra said indignantly that he was ever so much soldier than the young dandies, who had been born in the great city of Zenith, an ancient settlement in 1897, one hundred and five years old, with two hundred thousand population, the queen and wonder of all the state, and to the Catawaba boy, George Babbitt, so vast and thunderous and luxurious, that he was flattered to know a girl in old by birth in zenith of love there was no talk between them he knew that if he was to study law he could not marry for years and myra was distinctly a nice girl one didn't kiss her one didn't think about her that way at all unless one was going to marry her but she was a dependable companion she was always ready to go skating walking always content to hear his discourses on the great things he was going to do the distressed poor whom he would defend against the unjust rich, the speeches he would make at banquets, the inexitudes of popular thought which he would correct. One evening, when he was weary and soft-minded, he saw that she had been weeping. 
she had been left out of a party given by Zelia. Somehow her head was on his shoulder, and he was kissing away her tears, and she raised her head to say trustingly, "'Now that we're engaged, shall we be married? Soon, or shall we wait?' "'Engaged!' It was his first hint of it. His affection for this brown, tender woman went cold and fearful, but he could not hurt her, could not abuse her trust. He mumbled something about waiting and escaped. He walked for an hour, trying to find a way of telling her that it was a mistake. Often in the month after, he got near to telling her, but it was pleasant to have a girl in his arms, and less and less could he insult her by blurting out that he didn't love her. He himself had no doubt. The evening before his marriage was an agony, and the morning wild with the desire to flee. She made him what is known as a good wife. She was loyal, industrious, and at rare times merry. She passed from a feeble disgust at their closer relations into what promised to be an ardent affection, but it drooped into bored routine. Yet she existed only for him and for the children and she was as sorry as worried as himself when he gave up the law and trudged on in a rut of listing real estate poor kid she hadn't had much better time than i have babbitt reflected standing in the dark sun parlor but i wish i could have had a world at law and politics seen what i could do well maybe i've made more money as it is he returned to the living room but before he settled down he smoothed his wife's hair, and she glanced up, happy and somewhat surprised. End of chapter 6